landmarks in your life. And we're looking at the travels of the children of Israel <clears throat> from Egypt into the promised land. And last time we looked at how Satan does not want his captives to be released. And we looked at the compromises that he made. He was saying, worship your God in the land. Stay in my kingdom. Do your religious bit, that's fine. But stay in my kingdom. Just live under my principles and my rule. And then when they rejected that, then they would not, he said to them, well, leave your families behind. Just the men can go. But the rest of you stay here. Moses said, no, we're all going. <laughs> and then Pharaoh said, leave your possessions behind. Leave your possessions and the way you think about material things in a worldly fashion. Moses said, no, we're going, our kids are going, everything we have is going with us. <laughs> and uh, eventually uh, he let them go. And they were delivered on the night of the Passover because the blood of the little lambs that were sh uh, slain, the, uh, the blood of the lambs were put over the doorposts and God delivered them by blood and by power. <clears throat> and of course they got to the, to the Red Sea and you, you know the story how Pharaoh was pursuing them and they had the mountains either side and they had the Red Sea in front of them and uh, they didn't know what to do and Moses didn't know what to do. And uh, this is what the scripture says in Exodus 14. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will see them again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. That means be quiet. And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? This is one of those prayers that's not recorded. It's that secret prayer. Oh, Lord, help. <laughs> do not, why do you cry to me, said the Lord to Moses. Tell the children of Israel to go forward. <laughs> but lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Hallelujah. And then when they got through the sea and the, the waves encompassed the enemy of e, uh, the Egyptians, which were the enemy, the Bible says, then they began to sing. Hallelujah. And Miriam took a tambourine. We don't like tambourines much these days, do we? Rattling and banging. But Miriam... <coughs> I'm just having a dig at my friend here. <laughs> it says, Miriam the prophetess, Aaron's sister, took a tambourine and led all the women as they played their tambourines and danced. And Miriam sang this song. Sing to the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. He hath hurled both horse and rider into the sea. Hallelujah. So they were completely delivered and set free from bondage. Now, these people that were free had been slaves all their lives. 
They were sons of slaves. They were grandsons and daughters of slaves. Great-grandfathers, great-great... For 430 years, these people had been slaves. They looked like slaves. They talked like slaves. They thought like slaves. They were outwardly free, but inwardly bound. And God had to give them a new identity. God had to tell them who they were. I, I used this little illustration once before, or twice before. If you were to see, you would go into, up to London, maybe Kensington High Street or somewhere, and you saw a baby in a pram. Um, this little fella or girl is nine months, 12 months old. It's actually um, Prince George. It's George, isn't it? Jo Prince George. Now, I ask you, I ask you, uh, this little kid of nine months or a year old, or 18 months, does he know who he is? He does not know who he is. All he knows is that when he's hungry, he cries, and somebody, my, my middle daughter would kill me for this, puts a bottle in his mouth, or something of a nicer shape, maybe. <laughs> feeds him, when he's, when he's feeling wet and dirty downstairs, some nice person cleans him up, puts some new clothes on him, makes him feel better. All that this child knows, and if he's upset, a nice person will pick him up, pat his back and say, there, there, don't worry about it. All that this child knows is that somebody's looking after him. He's got his immediate needs met, but he does not know that he is an heir to the throne of England. He doesn't know that. And I put it to you, brothers and sisters, that there are many Christians like that baby in the pram. They're happy, but they don't know who they are. And I want to tell you today who you are. So last time we looked in this, um, these stops that we're doing, um, um, stages of life. We looked at a new life last time as they came out of Egypt. Now we're looking at a new identity. The Bible says, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And your identity and my identity is not in our ethnicity, not in our nationality, not in our political affiliation, not in our education, your job, gender, sexuality, social status, wealth, poverty or skill. Your identity is now in Christ. You are a new creation in Christ. 
And the book of Romans that Andrew read for us today, I'm going to read it from a more modern version, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. In John's epistle, he writes this, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the children of God. Therefore the world does not know us, because it didn't know him. Beloved, now are we the children of God. Now we are giving, we are the children of God. So God had to get to work on this crowd of slaves. These people that looked like slaves, talked like slaves, thought like slaves, and acted like slaves. So he took them into the desert and he gave them his wonderful law, the laws of God. Principles by which they could approach God. Standards by which he wanted them to live. We know in, in effect that they could never live by the law and we can never live by the law. But these were the laws and principles of heaven. He also showed them to erect a tabernacle like a, a large tent. And he showed them how he was to be worshipped, how he was to be approached and the things they were to do. He was now beginning to make them into his people. They had been Satan's people. They had been Pharaoh's people for 430 years. They had been in a different environment. Now they're in the environment of God. And God is beginning to work on them. And God is beginning to tell them who they are. And this is what Deuteronomy 7 says. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love on you or choose you because you were more in number than any other people, if, for you were the fewest and least of all people. But because the Lord loves you and because he would keep his oath which he swore to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. So it's learning to be who you are. You are who God says you are. You are not who society says you are. You're not who your parents might have said that you are. You're not who your teachers might have said you are. You're not who your insecurities might dominate and say you are. You are who God says you are. And so Peter, when he wrote to the new believers scattered throughout that part of the world, he said this. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God who had not obtained mercy, 
but now have obtained mercy. All right. So he said, this is who you are. You are a chosen people. Jesus in John chapter 15 said to the disciples, he said, you did not choose me. I chose you. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? Now, we're not into hyper-Calvinism here. <clears throat> but we sometimes think, I chose Christ. He chose you. <laughs> you are a chosen people. God chose you. I'm so grateful that the Lord chose me. <clears throat> it's not that he, he, he didn't choose others, but... <clears throat> My, my father was the first in our family to get, to get saved. He said none of his, 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 his father, my granddad, and, the, and his uncles and all, they had absolutely no concept of God. They, they, they were gamblers and other things, <coughs> which, which we won't mention. <coughs> but he said from the very earliest years, he said, I always had a desire for God. And he found his way into a little mission hall in the village where they lived. And he heard a man say, among other things, the same sun that melts the ice hardens the clay. And he said, you could hear the gospel and the truth of scripture and you could melt under it and become a child of God. Or you could hear the same gospel and harden your heart and miss out. And that night, my dad gave his life to the Lord. And then my mother, she came in, and all her family, hundreds of them, and, and my other uncles, and uh, we have cousins that know the Lord. In fact, when we, when we all get together, it's like a service, you know. <clears throat> we sing, we take the offering. <clears throat> God chose you. I'm so glad he chose us. Aren't you glad this morning? You are a chosen people. You are a chosen people. Praise God. And then he goes on to say, you are a royal priesthood. Now, <clears throat> this comes from, of course, um, the book of Revelation and other places, where in chapter 5, the apostle John, seeing these visions and revelations of the Lord, he heard this, he said, you are worthy. The people were all, the crowds around the throne were saying, you are worthy to take the scroll, to open its seals, for you were slain. You have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. Hallelujah. Kings and priests, you are allowed <clears throat> first thing in the morning, I was going to say when you have a shave, but it doesn't apply to a certain number here. <clears throat> you are allowed to say, good morning, your majesty. <laughs> you are a king. You are a queen. Hallelujah. That's what God says. He's made us Kings, what do kings do? Kings have authority. You know, these people, you've met them. I, I, I don't think any of them come here, but uh, you've met them. <clears throat> How are you? 
all right under the circumstances. <laughs> They're always under the circumstances, aren't they, some people? Kings, kings have authority. Kings say what go. You and I, brothers and sisters, have been brought into the royal family of God. We are kings and we are priests unto God. What does a priest do? A priest is a middle person. A middle, I, I keep saying middleman and I'm getting politically correct here, which is not a good sign. <clears throat> a priest is a middle person. He brings God to people and people to God. And it's my prayer, I'm sure it's yours. Lord, I want to leave the scent of heaven behind. How do you feel when people leave you? Do they leave you with a smell of heaven around us? Some, one of our preachers the other week was on about this, wasn't he? Well, what smell are we leaving behind? Are we leaving the smell of heaven? A priest brings God to people and people to God. And we believe in the priesthood of all believers. Many years ago, I would often be asked to go to um, a little house. It was a student house. And they were, I think, of the Anglican and Methodist background. And lovely people. But once a month, they had communion. But they could not administer communion because they were not ordained. And so they invited me, and I suppose other ministers in the town, to distribute the bread and wine. How silly is that? We are all priests unto God. You are a priest. You sat next to one this morning. People that would believe in the priesthood of all believers. All of God's people. He has made us unto our God kings and priests. And we shall reign on the earth. Also he goes on to say, you are a holy nation. A nation of holiness. Purity, sacredness, saintliness and godliness. What is the behavior of a holy people? How do these holy people behave as under the principles and kingdom of heaven? Well, Romans 12 again tells us, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly, affectionate to one another, with brotherly love, in honor, giving preference to one another, not lacking in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfast in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality, bless those who persecute you, Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. 
Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, and sometimes it isn't, <laughs> if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it's written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You are a holy nation. Hallelujah. When the church gets hold of this, it's going gonna, it's gonna to move. Hallelujah. This is, this, these are the laws of the kingdom. These are the daily running of the kingdom of God. You are a holy nation. You're not... I was going to say the trade union, but I, 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 <coughs> I recanted. <coughs> You're not the boardroom. You're the fellowship of God's people. You are a holy nation. Love your end. Do good to those who hate. Pray for those who... This, these are laws of the kingdom. These are the things that identify us. We are a new creation in Christ. <coughs> Now, there is a conflict, of course, which you will find and I will find, that because of maybe upbringing, because of the incidents of life, you have been given another identity. Inadvertently sometimes or intentionally sometimes, we don't know. <clears throat> but you might have heard, you are no good. You will never amount to anything. You're not, as, you're not as good as your brother, or you're not as good as your sister, or, or, or you're hopeless. You might have been hearing that. And now God comes and he says, he says, you are chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. And there's a conflict within yourself of, of thinking the old way or thinking the new way. And so the Apostle Paul, he says, be transformed by changing the way you think. Change the way you think. Reject the old and accept the new. You might say, David, this sounds like brainwashing. It is. Some of you need it. <coughs> you need a bit of brainwashing. You need to get the old out and the new in. That's what some of you need to believe your new identity in Christ. These people, 430 years they were slaves. They looked like slaves. They talked like slaves. They thought like slaves. <coughs> they acted like slaves. God said, you're not slaves any longer. You are a chosen people. I chose you. I came to you. I delivered you. I set you free from the bondage of sin and Satan. And I brought you into my kingdom. And now you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. <clears throat> when we were in Macclesfield, we had a, a tent mission. With uh, I'll not tell you the evangelist. <clears throat> it's too painful. We, we, we gave out leaflets and leaflets and, and uh, anyway. The preacher, he, he would never have folks 
closing their eyes when he prayed, he would say, now, come on, you need to give your life to the Lord. You, you need to come. And he, he said, you, you, you need to come. Give your life to Jesus. And then these people, they looked on, and they were on the back row. It, <laughs> it was them. <laughs> well, they got wonderfully saved. <laughs> the two sisters came for a year. Their husbands brought them in the car, dropped them off, came back, went, and then the husbands came in and they got saved. <laughs> well, sometimes we think God's talking about somebody else. It must be somebody who's a bit better than me. Somebody who's a bit different, a bit, bit more intelligent, a bit more brought up in a bit different environment. God is saying to you and I this morning, and I hope that you can, you can get it. I hope that you can stand in faith and believe it, even though, even though the pressure of the past still haunts you somehow. I'm asking you to believe, to believe what God says. You are who God says you are. You are a special people. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. He said, you are a special people. My wife was walking, I don't, you don't mind, you, I, I didn't rehearse this with you. I hope you don't mind. When we were in Macclesfield, our sister is from Macclesfield, she was walking to the chippy. That's a chip shop. <clears throat> she was walking to the chip shop one day and she said, I felt so special. Well, she can be a bit conceited, but... <clears throat> She said, I felt God, God was treating me special. That's what it was like, wasn't it? Something like that. I'm not into details, but that's the general gist of it. Yeah. Special. I, I am a special person. God said, you are who God says you are. You're not who your own insecurities say you are. You're not who teachers may have said you were. Or parents could have put you down. Whoever, workmates, colleagues, whatever. You are who God says you are. He goes on to say, you are children of light. Once you were darkness. Yes, we'll grant you that. Once you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Once you were not a people. But now you are the people of God. Hallelujah. Once, okay, you had not obtained mercy. But now you have obtained mercy. Praise God, you're in the family of God. Isn't that wonderful? This is your identity in Christ. This is your identity in Christ. So there is a conflict between the old patterns of thinking that you've been ingrained into you and sometimes they take a bit of getting rid of but let the word of Christ what does the scripture say let the word of Christ dwell in you richly because the word of Christ changes us transforms us tells us who we are and you might feel like that you're that little baby in a pram all you know is yeah it's good to come to church and it's great to hear Andy singing and and all that <coughs> Well, maybe not Andy, but... <laughs> but do you know who you really are? Do you know who you really are? You are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a special people. Children of light. The people of God. Once you had not obtained mercy, but now you have obtained mercy. Amen. I've just about finished. 
Some of you feel, I finished 10 minutes ago and didn't know it. <laughs> now I'm going to give you something. From time to time in this church, we, we have done, and we used to do, VJ and I used to do a course called Freedom in Christ. Um, it's been superseded a little bit by that that uh, uh, Julie and uh, Sheila do on a Monday night, the name I've just forgot. But um, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> uh, it's a Monday night course, and, 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 but it's a similar type thing. But in our course, Freedom in Christ, uh, we say that everyone who is who is born again, everyone who is now a Christian in Christ, has um, security, has significance, and has acceptance. You are secure, you are significant, and you are accepted. And there are some statements there that we ask the people to say. And I am going to give you, this morning, I'm going to give you some homework. And uh, I'm going to check up next week if you've done it. Uh, the the, the uh, attendants, the stewards, are going to give you, um, if you wouldn't mind, uh, are we ready with this? Um, <coughs> I'm going to give you this little card. And on it is a whole list of Bible verses that tells you who you are. All right? That tells you who you are from the Bible. The scriptures are, are correct and true, and it tells you who you are. Now, I would like you, I would ask you, if you would repeat these every day out loud for a week. Because I'm expecting you to be different when you come next week. <clears throat> We're not preaching like this for people to stay the same. We want people to change. <clears throat> All right, and we'll practice. Have we, have we got people upstairs? They need it. I think they need it more. I'll play it. <laughs> okay. For those watching at home, talk among yourselves. <laughs> All right, thank you. If you would, when you get it, we'll, we'll just do one from each section, just so you get the hang of it. And then I want you, I would like you to say it out loud every day in your own home, where you are, in your own home, uh, and... It, it will reinforce what we are and who we are in Christ. And then Andy's going to come and do a couple of songs that I have specially requested <laughs> that we have. <clears throat> we'll just do the top one from each of the sections. We'll just do the top one from each of the sections and then Andy uh, is going to come and we'll do this song. <clears throat> so... Who I am in Christ. All right, this is who you are in Christ. And we say this, I am secure. I am free from condemnation. Romans 8, verse 1 and 2. Right, okay. 
Second, the next section, I am significant. I am the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Matthew 5, 13 and 14. Next one, I am accepted. I am God's child. John 1, verse 12. Right now, every day, do those <laughs> with you. I heard of someone that had these earphones in, these earplugs, and he was listening simply to the book of Ephesians being read over the... And he was a guy that had been suffering from mental illness. And uh, they said, as he listened and imbibed the word of God, they saw the change and transformation. How many of you know and believe that the word of God transforms and changes us? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by changing the way you think. Amen.